Hello, and welcome to the Road from Emmaus podcast. I'm Jason Lowe, joined by Andrew Chow, and we are two totally ordinary Catholic guys hoping to share our journeys. Like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, we've each encountered Christ in our lives. Join us as we talk about what comes next. Long time no talk. Andrew and I are back after a two-month hiatus to tackle a big news story that's been happening over the last few months. The pride nights that each NHL team has been hosting, and certain players refusing to take part in it. We try to share the teachings of the church, but also try to answer the question of how to have this conversation with someone who struggles with this topic. We hope this discussion is helpful. So it's been a while since we uh, recorded a podcast here. A a hot Um, minute, as the kids would say. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I actually debated saying that, and I was like, I'm not cool enough to pull that <laughs> off. So, um, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's been I think over two months actually since since we last recorded. Um, I think mainly my my fault there being you know uh, I was busy at work. Uh, I guess we'll we should catch each other up and catch up all of our listeners. But um, since the last time we recorded, I've actually gotten a new job. Um, so I kind of gotten through the busiest time at work time at work at Deloitte. Um, just with but uh, budget season, nothing related to tax season. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I actually, about three weeks ago, started at a new company. It's a law firm. It's called Lensner Slat. Um, I know it's, <laughs> Andrew was telling me that it's a hard name to remember. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will never remember where you work. I, I shorthand it to LS, so we can oh. just use LS. Um, so yeah, so uh, I've been there for three weeks now just doing finance stuff, <clears throat> finance and accounting, the usual. Um, but yeah, I mean, beyond that, we were, I think we were supposed to record last week. Um, but, uh, there was a golden state warriors game on. So yes. obviously that took precedence for Andrew. And then, uh, I, I sympathize a little bit cause we, we wanted to push it a day later, but I looked at the schedule and I was like, wait, there's a Leafs game on. So yeah, here we are now. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's been a while. Um, uh, I guess on my side, um, a few things happened. Uh, we're not really going to chat about all of them. Um, my grandpa wasn't doing well. He, he actually passed mm-hmm. away. Um, it was uh, it was an interesting experience. I think we'll, we'll chat about it at some point uh, when I've had more time to digest it. But um, yeah, that that was there. Uh, I've been in Vancouver. Uh, that's also part of why it's been tough for us uh, with time zone differences and with uh, with my daughter being here as well. Um, but yeah, so I've been in Vancouver. And your wife, in case anyone's wondering. Sorry. <laughs> And your wife, in case anyone is wondering. Yeah, yes. My family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're all here uh, in my parents' house. They've been very gracious. It's been it's been nice to kind of be back in my stomping grounds. It's been really interesting, too, actually, because uh, for a while, like, coming back to Vancouver was always like, oh, yeah, I'm going home. This is this time coming back, it's been like a, cher- a cherry asked me, like, oh, do you get excited to go back home? And I'm like, you know, like not in the same way as I used to. Mm-hmm. Um like there's a feeling of hey, like going back to the stomping grounds, but uh, it's not like I'm counting down the days until I go back to Vancouver. And to some degree, like being here for an extended time now, uh, you know, I, I miss um, not so like Toronto as in like the city, but like my home um, and and kind of my own set uh, setup and bed mm-hmm. and all those things. Um, so yeah, it's been interesting that way to realize that you know things have shifted a little bit for me. Is it because, would you say it's because, like, I guess most of your friends and your community is, is now in there's Toronto? There's that, there's just overall, like, my roots have grown there, and, like, I've established a routine there, and all, and all these different pieces. Like, coming out here, there are nice things, and, and, and all the rest of it, and my parents' place is beautiful, so there's nothing, nothing against that, mm. um, but it's just not, 
where I've established comfort uh, in mm-hmm. the same way anymore. Um, so yeah, it's 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 just kind of different. And it's interesting. How much do you miss Pixel? Uh, not that much. I have a daughter now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's <laughs> I haven't thought about no, it as much. That's uh, what I was expecting. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, cat. Luckily, he will never understand this. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, we're we're lucky to have uh, you know Cherry's sister has has been uh, house sitting for us, so he's not alone at least, and um, and he. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure he'll still be whiny when I get back, so there'll be nothing <laughs> different. <laughs> yes, that's the benefit of um, of him being an animal uh, without kind of our rational Exactly, yeah. Just we can say things back. like this. It's okay. Say to his face. I may or may not do that to, to, to Brian sometimes. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so I, I do want to apologize to any listeners if, um, if you hear a little bit of background noise. Um, I do have a bit of company over in my condo right now, so... That's just the life of living in a condo and also as I prepare for marriage with Jen. So um, hopefully it's not oh, too loud or anything or distracting. Just yeah, it's, um, it's yeah six weeks, I think. So it's an, it's uh, we, we feel like we're pretty um, on top of things and prepared for it, I think. I mean, I don't want to be overly confident about it or anything, but like we're lucky that, you know, um, we have a lot of friends helping us and um, we're, we're not making anything that's too big of a deal or too hard to plan, hopefully. So, um, but yeah, it's coming up six weeks. So it'll be, we're both looking forward to it. You're trying to like hold back this smirk and <laughs> this grin. <laughs> no, I'm excited for you guys, man. It's uh, it's a beautiful day. I, yeah. think, I think you guys are, aren't overly stressed about it, which is good. Uh, you know, I yeah. think there's a lot more to be excited about than to be stressed about from my perspective. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, we both kind of just... Not formally, but we were just like, oh, like, a few, like even a few days ago, we were both like, oh, like we're looking forward to getting married. So yeah. it's it's kind of awesome. nice, I think. Yeah. Um, okay, so for for today on the topic of marriage, um, we uh, we wanted to talk about something that's been going on in the NHL over the last few months. Um, we're a little bit late to the game, but um, I think that's that's fine because you know these kinds of things need to be digested and. People might be wondering, uh, okay, what, what does the NHL have to do with uh, our Catholic podcast here? <clears throat> so something um, that's been happening throughout the season is uh, in an effort to promote, um, you know, diversity and inclusion and uh, equity efforts and things like that. Um, all, pretty much all teams have been doing some kind of pride promotion, right, for LGBTQ plus rights and all those things and, and um, trying to make the LGBTQ plus community feel included within the game of hockey. Um, that is kind of the overall purpose. And, you know, as, as anyone can imagine, that's that's what's going on. Uh, what a lot of teams have been doing is um, as part of their warm-up, so before it, hockey teams play their games, they do take part in around a 30, uh, like a 15-minute warm-up, just before, like a half an hour before the game kind of thing. And as part of their warm-up, instead of wearing their usual jerseys, um, teams have been coming out in a pride theme jersey. So usually rainbow colored or, you know, the logo itself is colored or, you know, things like that. Um, and some controversy that's come up in the last few months um, amidst all this is that there are certain players who are refusing to put on those jerseys Um and obviously, as anyone can imagine, that's definitely stirred up a lot of controversy um, where people are like, oh, like, you know, these players are, are bigoted. They're just, um, you know, making excuses 
um, you, you, you've definitely seen a theme of like some Russian players where um, they cite, you know, um, kind of back home, Russia has a gay propaganda law where, you know, if you do show support for gay people, like I think you can actually be prosecuted according to Russia's law. So um, there's been some some citing of that and I'll, I'll cover that in a little bit. That's not going to be the focus of our podcast um, and then also, um, there have also been people who are citing their Christian beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, this part is what we're, we're going to be talking a little bit more about. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think it's interesting just to try to have this conversation because um, we're already in a world where um, on a day-to-day basis, you know, our, our companies and... Um, you know, just being on the streets and even in conversations with friends, like we need to be able to um, share the perspective of the church. What without, I think, without like getting into this, you know, hateful argument on both sides, right? I think I think we need to be in a place where we can hear both sides of the story, and most likely not come to any kind of agreement. <laughs> um, you know, if there's some kind of conversion made, then, you know, thank, be thankful by the grace of God, but most likely not come to any kind of agreement, but, you know, don't need to have the, the hateful conversation that's been, that I've been seeing at least on Twitter or on, on, in news articles and in the comment sections and things like that. So I just want to dive into that a little bit today. Um, and again, just kind of hash out, like, you know, how are we supposed to conduct ourselves in these conversations? And, um, we'll talk a little bit about, about, you know, what the church's stance is on these, on these things. I think obviously everyone knows, and we'll kind of expand on it to try to explain what the stance is supposed to mean. Um, but really, I just wanted to kind of lay this out just for, for people to have a bit of an example to um, to lean on if, if they need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I think there, there's there's so many swings that happen in this world. And I think, um, you know, this is, this is one of those pieces where, like, as Catholics, we need to realize that um, in a lot of in a lot of cases, in, in my opinion, like we maybe we can dive into this in a second, but um, we'll recognize a. A, a bad and evil in the world uh but then we overswing in terms of trying to correct it and i think you know this is one of those examples where um you know in the past i think uh, you know the, the lgbtq plus community they they've been um persecuted unfairly uh, mm-hmm. and and by by people by by catholics by bigots who are catholic right like this is not not at all saying that that doesn't exist and that that hasn't happened um but, you know, in recognizing that and then saying, hey, you know, we should be more tolerant, you know, I think there's definitely a point to be made there. Uh, but on, that doesn't mean that we have to go in to actually support their beliefs. Right? Like there's, there's a difference between tolerance and, and actually going in all the way, I think. And, and I think this is where it becomes interesting because um, now when people say that, you know, when they say, like, hey, like, I don't disrespect you, uh, but that doesn't mean I need to be all in on, you know, saying that you're right. Um what's interesting is that people that that gets some people offended and i think you know that's a piece here one of the pieces i think um just to, just to chat about really briefly from from our perspective and, and why this is important to us um why why we as catholics don't don't recognize um same-sex marriage and, and and these kinds of things um one of the really key things here is to understand um that marriage is a lot more than just a status update um you know it, it is one of the seven sacraments and, and these are these are things that are instituted by Jesus um, into our faith, and and what's important here to understand is like 
what we mean by this is to say that these aren't things that we, as just like a band of Catholics, got together like, well, what things can we do? Like it's it's not it's not like you know people coming together like hey let, let's start this Christian club thing now what 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 should we do to make people say that yeah like I'm part of this club and like here are some seven things and and then made some rules around them no like these are things that are instituted by by Jesus and that there is a reality behind them um, the the reason why this is important is that that means that we're never deciding what isn't isn't good about it we're receiving um, the goodness of it right so um, marriage as something that's instituted by the church as and the church as you know the body of christ so all, all of these being the same thing as um a man and a woman coming together particularly to the end of procreation right um these are things that are a reality of the faith that aren't it's not up to us to decide whether or not it's good you know um and this is kind of a key point here overall when we talk about these types of issues is, you know, where we get into muddy water is when we start trying to decide, like, which parts are and are not good, right? Um, you know, some people will, will start looking at marriage and say, like, oh, like, I want these things, but I don't want kids. Uh, and, and these kinds of things, because like, I don't think kids is going to be good in my life. Um you know, that's when we start getting into our definitions of marriage and, and kind of you mm-hmm. know, muddy water. Um, and and I'm not saying this at all as if I don't do the same thing. Like there are things where I look at my marriage and be like, oh, like this I love, like oh, this I'm not such a huge fan of, um, and that's part of my own growth as well. But as Catholics, like we need to be striving towards that, striving towards like, hey, the recognition of the good of these sacraments, and just seeing like if if I have a hard time with it, then the question is why? Why am I having a hard time with this, and how can I open my heart? Um, let's go further into it. But you know, point being in this case that the sacrament itself doesn't change based on our opinion, right? So the sacrament of marriage as a man and a woman aimed towards a family doesn't change because, you know, people have different, uh, people have different feelings or, or what have you. And so I think that that's one of the key pieces here is, is to see, hey, this is what it is. Yeah, and, and it's definitely, before we kind of even go further into this conversation and how to have the conversation, like, I, I do want to make sure that everyone understands, yeah, like, let's establish what is the church's stance on this whole thing, and I think we've had a couple of podcasts about this anyway, but it's always important to make sure that, you know, um, this is, you know, that everyone understands that, look, we are obviously Catholics ourselves, and this is something that um, we stand up for, that we believe in, mm-hmm. and um, just, it's not just limited to LGBTQ plus rights or LGBTQ plus love, which I think is often the the core of this conversation. Um, but like issues like uh, birth control or, or abortion or, um, you know, divorce. Uh, divorce. Yeah, thank you. Like all of those things where um, <clears throat> it comes back to our central belief in the sanctity of marriage, mm-hmm. in the sanctity of life. And those who have gone through marriage prep um, or just understand, you know, teachings around marriage in general within the church um, understand that, like, look, something fundamental that we believe in is that it's all oriented towards a a free marriage, a faithful marriage, a total marriage and a fruitful marriage. Um, Yes, I think I got all four there. So, you know, in this case in particular, just to, you know, to, to get specific, um, it's hard to be fruitful. Um, I think when, uh, when we're, when we're talking about the LGBTQ plus, um, uh, marriage is kind of what we're, what we're trying to get at here, that, that particular, 
I don't know if you want to call it criteria, um, but, you know, fundamental part of marriage that we believe in, it simply can't be fulfilled with gay marriage. And I think this is kind of where we have to pause a little bit and step back and look at kind of people on the other side of this and say, look, um, let's talk about this. Let's, we can dive into it further. Um, we're happy to take you through things like, you know, what we believe in when it comes to theology of the body and uh, even I'm sure it, it'll probably even um, evolve into a discussion that's broader about like, what does it mean to believe in a God? Does God exist? Like those things that, you know, um, what people who are not Christian um, or religious probably have a, a struggle with understanding. Um, and I, I think it's important to take that step back here because we do need to understand what it's like um, to be in the other person's shoes and perspective um, where because like if they don't even believe in a God in the first place, then it's going to be hard for them to believe in what we're talking about when it comes to the sanctity of marriage and when it comes to the sanctity of life. Because um, for them, you know, a lot of the things that they say is often just like, this is just about being, you know, inclusive. This is just about loving people. This is just about, you know, letting people be happy and things like that. And um, I, I think, you know, to swing back to kind of um, our perspective here as a church, I, I do want to say that, um, for me at least, it, it is a little bit of a difficult line to straddle because, look, let's let's go back to um, why this issue is brought up in the first place or why we're talking about it in the first place. The NHL is doing a uh, pride initiative to try to help LGBTQ plus community um, feel involved in the game of hockey. Mm-hmm. There is nothing wrong with people of whatever sexuality or whatever orientation to be involved in the game of hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been, you know, a big fan of women's hockey um, and, you know, trying to get that beyond just the usual Canada, USA Olympics every four years mm-hmm. uh, bandwagon and into like, Hey, like every season, like there's actually women's hockey being played and they get paid like in the, in the past they would get paid. They would have to pay out of their own pockets to travel. Mm-hmm. And I think I always thought that was ridiculous. And, you know, not to get into that on this podcast, but there's there's no reason why, specific to the game of hockey or any sport, why um, anyone shouldn't be able to, you know, play that sport or be involved in that in that you know activity. Um, but it is hard because the line is at what point when you show support for this kind of thing as a Catholic. At what point do people start seeing you as, you know, look, this is someone or a person in my life who represents the church and they're showing their support for for the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it's kind of like, well, like it's hard for you to be that, who, that that representative of the church to control what other people think, where like my intention might just be I'm showing support specifically for um, these LGBTQ plus people to play the game of hockey but I don't support their marriage or their, their idea of love or their idea of sex. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, if I'm someone who kind of puts on that, that Jersey, uh, that pride Jersey during NHL warmups and um, with the intent of, of, of showing my support for these people playing hockey specifically, I can't control what other people are thinking in terms of, um, you know, going beyond that. And I don't know if that was a little bit convoluted, but that's kind of where that line I'm, I'm, I feel like I have a hard time straddling sometimes. Yeah. I, I don't, I feel like I, I don't go as far into it in terms of that thought as you, like, I think for me, um, 
I draw a little bit more of a line in terms of like you know what I what statement I'm making and how people receive it. Like I think you know at the end of the day, people receive things how they receive it, and and mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm too too worried about that. Um, you know, I think if it's a conversation that needs to happen, then it can happen, and I can clarify things. But what's more important to me is you know what what are the actions doing for me? What am I actually saying and, and am I fooling myself if I, if I can be just mm-hmm. blunt about it, right? So I think, you know, there, there are some worlds where, you know, when, when, when we start getting into this space, you know, we, we talked about this with the gender and pronouns episode where um, if I start doing these things, then like I need to understand that like my actions have consequences. This is, you know, the context within which I'm living my life. And, you know, these these do influence my thoughts, you know, um, what, if I, if I put on, if I go to a pride parade, if I, you know, put on, put on these different pieces, if I, um, I don't know, any other example, right. Of, of kind of doing the things that, that explicitly are supporting something that I don't believe. And, and I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of Catholic folks, I think that, that might be listening to this, like maybe you don't fully subscribe into the whole thing. Uh, right now maybe you don't get it like these are the things that are worth exploring for ourselves I, I, you know i i'm recently been thinking a lot particularly about apologetics apologetics being just you know, the defense of the faith in these types of scenarios right like how do you explain the why's and the wherefores mm-hmm. of, of the thing and you know there was a time i don't know if you remember this there was a time actually maybe it happened after you left uh when we were in university um for our our catholic club when we started th- saying hey why don't we do apologetics as a topic that, that we kind of dive into um, and, and, you know, what I've realized recently is that, you know, like, why am I so worried about defending the faith rather than like, how, how much do I believe these things? Like where, how far am I getting sure. going into it? And like realizing that, um, at the core of all of this, right, is, is how, how am I loving well and loving well, isn't going out with a sword and shield and saying like, let me tell you why you're wrong. Um, you know, Loving well is just, it's just how do I love? And, and, and that's kind of my thought on these things is, hey, you know, so these things are happening. Like, let's say I'm an NHL player, right? Um, great, wonderful. I play for the Canucks. I haven't been in the playoffs in 25 years now. Uh, but it's, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're doing all right. And then this comes along. And the question I need to ask myself is, like, are these actions that I want to kind of bring into the mix for me in terms of, like, my my own personal goal and my personal goal is for my own salvation is this helping me get towards that and if not then you know that's where i need to draw the line for myself and being able to say like hey look i don't love you any less but this is something that compromises my values and i need you to be able to love me for that and 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 that that's okay i think that's kind of where for me it stands and then if people want to have a conversation praise god let's talk um but being able to come from it and not have like here are my Coles notes for why what you're doing is wrong, but just saying, hey, look, like for me and the things that are important to me in terms of pursuing my salvation, like this isn't helpful, and so that these these are the things for me, and then that turns into a conversation about that salvation, which I think is much more productive than why gay marriage is or is not okay. 
And that's, that's exactly what I want this, um, the focus of this podcast to be on is like, how do we have those conversations, right? Like, again, so rare. I honestly think it's so rare because, um, if, again, if you just go on Twitter, if you look, even look up news articles, like opinion columns and things like that, there, it's just, it's all one-sided, right? And it kind of becomes an echo chamber, right? Like typically what happens online is that like, you know, with social media nowadays, you follow the, you pick the things, the things you follow most mm-hmm. of the time, right? So, um, you know, it becomes that echo chamber where it just feels like your the message that you support is constantly reiterated back to you. Um, for me, it's it's actually a very interesting um, I don't know position or perspective to have because um, because I like for my Twitter, I follow you know all the NHL stuff, all the NBA stuff, all the MLB stuff, all that stuff, and obviously most of these people are you know they're quite progressive and they're very supportive of LGBTQ plus community. I don't follow. Uh, as many like Catholic feeds is what I would say on, on Twitter. It's I'm mainly there for sports. So it's interesting for me because I get to see um, this perspective where honestly, it, it actually helps educate me a little bit. Mm. It, it takes me out of my own bubble to, to try to like, why are people um, so outraged kind of thing? Or like, why do people have the comments that they have? Um, and I think kind of if you're able to, and this goes for both sides, right? Like if you're able to, um, put yourself in the other person's shoes, just to at least understand where they're coming from. I think that's how you spark that discussion. I think, you know, instead of just kind of going out there guns blazing to make a point, which everyone is doing anyway, mm-hmm. like just go and try to have that conversation instead and be respectful. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, um, I don't know if I've actually had these conversations. If I have, I've forgotten with anyone I might have. But I think just starting that conversation of being like, look, I'm not here to convert you. Yeah. Um, but at the very least, like, would it be possible for you to hear me out? And in the same way, I'd love to hear you out. Yeah. Um, and like, let's just talk about it. Right. And let's have a proper, intelligent, rational conversation yeah. um, to, to kind of be like, look, maybe you do or you don't believe in a God. If you do, then, you know, let's talk about the sanctity of marriage. If you don't, let's let's take a step back from this whole discussion and let's just talk about like you know the existence of God kind yeah. of thing. Um, and then I think just from there, like you know, just for me going back to this issue, outlining that like I don't have anything like you know Catholic. The Catholic Church doesn't have anything against um, participating in this activity for LG, for the LGBTQ plus community, but it's the whole thing about marriage and it's you know, the sanctity of sex and, and sanctity of life that, that we care about, mm-hmm. because I don't think, you know, when, when these kinds of things come out where, you know, Christian players are making the statements of like, so I'm, I'm quoting, um, a goaltender for the San Jose Sharks who used to be the goalie for the Leafs, uh, James Reimer, um, in his statement, he says, and I'm just paraphrasing here, which probably isn't fair. Um, it's just a few paragraphs, but I'm, I am paraphrasing here or sorry, just, just choosing one paragraph. Okay. He says for all 13 years of my NHL career, I have been a Christian, not just in title, but in how I choose to live my life daily. I have a personal faith in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for my sins. And in response asks me to love everyone and follow him. I have no hate in my heart for anyone. And I have always strived to treat everyone that I encounter with respect and kindness. Um, oh, I, I should read this part. So in this specific, I'm just going to read the whole thing. In this specific instance, I am choosing not to endorse something that is counter to my personal convictions, which are based on the Bible, the highest authority in my life. I strongly believe 
that every person has value and worth, and the LGBTQIA community, like all others, should be welcomed in all aspects of the game of hockey. Um, so I've kind of picked James Reimer in particular because um, everyone in hockey loves him. Like, he's one of the nicest people ever. Mm. Kind of an all-shucks, very humble guy. Um, I think he's Mormon. Um, so definitely not Catholic. Some kind of Christian. I believe it's Mormon. Um, and I, I think this one in particular is is an interesting case because, like, there have been some other players who have said similar things. Mm-hmm. And, like, usually the automatic reaction, just because they're not as loved, like, loved as much, is just, like, screw that guy kind of mm-hmm. thing. But because James Reimer is just so widely loved across every <laughs> everyone in the hockey community, I think it was interesting because that gave everyone pause to be like, look, we've always loved this person. We've always thought this guy is just a really good dude. And I think it really made some people struggle to be like, to, to take that automatic stance of like, you know, screw this guy. I hate this guy kind of thing, uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, and if anything, gave me hope. Because mm-hmm. if anything, that just reinforces the message of like, look, if you carry yourself in a good Christian way with good Christian values, following in the footsteps of Jesus kind of thing, or just to be a good person in general, if you don't believe in God, like that really gives you um, kind of that leash to be like, when you make a statement like this, that in the eyes of people is controversial, um, it's going to give people pause to be like, look, maybe we should think about something here at the very least, even if we don't agree with it. Yeah. And, you know, I think if you pay attention to the statements, well, there's, there's no, there's no statement of like the issues. There's no trying to convince anyone else that like, Hey, you should believe what I believe or saying like, Hey, here are all the things that are wrong with what, what you're doing. Um, so much as to say, Hey, look, like this just crosses a, a boundary for me. This just crosses a line for mm-hmm. me and my personal convictions. And that's, and that's why I can't do this. Um, but I'm not saying that you guys suck, you know? Um, and, and I think that, is important as well, particularly when we have these conversations. You know, to, for me, um, if we focus in a little bit on on the conversation around homosexuality and, and these things, um, particularly with with a with a lens on marriage, um, you know, I, I think there there is there is a, a line that that I find troublesome, and, and and that that I think is is a good one to dive into. It's the one that love is love. Um, I don't think it's true. So. What do I mean by this? Like, I I love you, Jason. I think I've said this on the on the podcast before. Like, I love you. I don't love mm-hmm. you the same way I love my wife. And mm-hmm. and like, I think that's that's something that's clear enough to say. Like, look, like love is not love. There are different forms of love, and and that's beautiful. And and why this is important is because that's what helps for anyone who's discerning marriage. First of all, this will help you with discerning marriage. Um, for anyone who's married, this is also hopefully helpful in terms of just like living the married life um, and whatever else is um, marriage is the highest kind of altar on which we, we experience spousal love, right? It's, it's, it's the stage where all of, all of that happens and spousal love is where you have a total gift of self to each other to the point of bearing fruit in the form of life. Like that, that's what spousal love kind of boils down to. Now there are lots of different, kind of facets of mm-hmm. that um but it's really important and in the spells of love there is a giving and a receiving right and this is kind of the tob stuff and this is kind of where you get into um you know the the need to have both a a person who is 
built towards giving and built towards receiving. But the point here being, like, not necessarily to dive into all of those details, but you know, this conversation is really important to say, hey, all love is not the same. I don't disagree that you guys love each other. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, two men loving each other is is, is a great thing. But I think where things get muddy. In, in our culture today is that we see love not as an action, not as, uh, you know, not, not as something that to be revered, but, but as just a, a very uh, strong emotion, right? So anytime I feel like intensely positive about someone, I love you. And since all love is love, this is the most intense positive emotion I have right now. So I'm, I must love you spousally. You know, like the, those are the jumps that seem to happen and and that's not necessarily true, right? Like I care deeply for you, Jason, right? Um, and let's say I hadn't met Cherry, and like this was like the highest, the 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 mm-hmm. closest friendship that I have. Beautiful, that's great. And there's nothing wrong with that friendship, but that doesn't automatically equate that we should then move in together and get married. Mm-hmm. Like no, there 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 is there are other ways for this to happen. I think, and and I think that's a really important conversation. And and I think if anyone who is Catholic who's hearing this feels like that's a little weird, that doesn't sit well with you, I, I would spend some time in prayer with that. And I would spend some time looking into that a little bit more to say, hey, look, understand a little bit more of the difference between the way you love your parents versus the way you love your friends versus the way you love a significant other. There there are different ends to which this goes. And then this also then brings you further into the sacrament because if if love then is not just this intense emotion, then when I don't feel overly like wonderful about what cherry's done with with uh, you know in, in a certain instance or like maybe we disagree about something this isn't us falling out of love this is us going through the highs and lows of loving each other and and in the sacrament and still being able to like give of myself to her despite all these ups and downs right this is where you know there's suffering in love this is where all of these kind of come through and that's kind of what we're called to, and, and that's where we can kind of push through those, some of those valleys and, and kind of live live the Christian thing of love, right? I think it's important that you uh, distinguish those four. No, sorry. Uh, I only said three, anyway. but I don't know. Yeah, I know, I know. There There's are more, I'm sure. Different but. levels of love, um, because I think people need to understand one of the things for why we treat marriage so as, as such a sacred thing is because, like, it's it first of all it's holy but it's it's also hard um mm-hmm. frankly like you know to, can, can you like to spend 40 50 60 years with someone and build a family and be the most intimate with that person um like i don't i think people uh, in these days in our culture nowadays just don't realize just kind of how different that love for that one person is compared to the love that you have for everyone else, right? And, you know, now we're totally stepping away from, you know, the, the LGBTQ conversation. But, like, for me, that's why I, it's so sad to think about the idea of divorce mm-hmm. um, and just how prevalent that is in our culture nowadays because people just jump into marriages and, you know, do it it's whether the in the church or civilly. Update, right? Like, that, that's kind yeah. of the thing for me. Sorry, I didn't cut you off. You know, go, yeah, for sure. And like after five years or something after a couple of years it's just it's just treated as a breakup as if you know you were you know just dating and it's just so sad because 
Like if, if that was what was going to happen, why don't you just continue dating instead of getting married? You know what I mean? Like really understand that, like, look, you're supposed to be in this for the rest of your life. Like, what's the point of getting married other than, like you said, for the status update? That, that's what it gets reduced to. And that's what, what it shouldn't be reduced to. So um, this isn't about having your LGBTQ identity. This is about marriage for us. And that's really what I think what we've been trying to hammer home here. Um, and again, just going back to like this whole conversation, we've been talking about this for over half an hour. Like it. If you just come at this again with guns blazing, it's not going to be easy for you to have that conversation. And I, I think a lot of people, you know, the other thing is that like you're not going to be able to have this kind of conversation with a crowd, right? Yeah. Um, it's not going to be a thing where like it'll be effective if it's your one person against like ten people or fifty people kind of thing. It's these are, it's it's slow and it's much smaller. But I think these need to be like one in one on one small group conversations. It's an intimate conversation, anyways. I think it's an intimate topic. I think it's, in some senses, um, it's it's just a poor idea in general, right? To to go into it with someone who, with with multiple people, because the issues that are at hand are going to be different. I think, you know, um, in my experience of of just, I think I think I've done the thing of trying to go in guns and blazing, regardless of whether it's this topic or others. Um, You know, I've I've gone through a season of my life where I felt, you know, hey. Um, because I believe I, I am necessarily the evangelist that God needs mm. for everyone around me right now. So let me go and shove my faith down their throat. Um, didn't go well. And, and I think, you know, that's part of part of the piece to understand. And if I can say this lovingly for anyone who's kind of experienced this recently or, or kind of feels that way, um, is that when you do that, that's, a, that's an act of pride. That mm. is hey, look how much I know and look how right I am. Rather than an act of love of saying, hey, I desire your salvation. How can I help with affecting your salvation? Right? Mm-hmm. How can I be a vehicle for that? And, and I think, you know, one thing that I've realized recently, and I think this part of this is, is the graces of marriage and, and, and being a parent is, you know, when I look at Felicity and when I look at, you know, hey, I'm going to need to do things in, in the future for, for our life or for her life, to hopefully affect her salvation. I don't know what's going to work, but I'm still going to do the things. And, and I think that's it's important to kind of realize that. So like what I said to chair is like, look, like we're going to always put our best foot forward. And we're always going to do the things that we're hoping are going to translate to good in her life. But what's important is whether or not good happens in her life, not whether or not our actions affected that. Right. And I think that's kind of the act of love is being able to say like, look, I, d- I think um, Bishop Barron says this. I don't remember who he quotes. I think it might be St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, it's like, I desire your good for the sake of your good, not for the sake of my being right, not for the sake of vindication of my actions, Not none of these things. It's just for your good. And I think, you know, that's the piece where for all of us as Catholics, like for us to realize like, hey, when we look at it, and this is kind of the point I was trying to make earlier, maybe if I can say it, more succinctly here, if we look at it from a frame of apologetics, it's easy to go in with the idea of like, hey, let me be the person to convince you and mm-hmm. be, to be right in your life, as opposed to let me love you. Right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's difficult to go in with the mindset of let me love you and try and affect your salvation for your sake, not for the sake of me being right, when we look at it from the, from the lens of apologetics. 
I, yeah, and that's a good way to put it. And I, I think it's important to kind of frame it that way where it is, let me love you. I, I do want to say, um, just in case anyone gets the wrong idea, like if you come up, come at it where you're saying like, Hey, like I'm concerned for your salvation or I'm concerned for your good. Um, I think that works with our Christian brothers and sisters because we all believe in the same God and the, the concept of heaven and hell. I think it will totally rub people the wrong way. If right. They don't Maybe not God. say so, it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Obviously internally that's, that's what we should be concerned about. Yeah. But I think for, for everyone, love is, a universal language obviously people have totally different ways of how that manifests and how we interpret that but i think the word love really does um kind of help people understand that like look i'm just i'm i don't want to get into anything kind of controversial or hateful with you it's mm-hmm. like let's just if you're down for it let's talk about it i want to hear you out hopefully you can hear me out and that's i think that's kind of what we've been saying here so um yeah, like I, I, and if you don't mind i, I want to go back to james reimer's statement here just at the end and i just think I just think it's hard to for anyone to criticize this statement. Obviously, that's that's my own feeling because he he got a lot of criticism for this. But for him to specifically outline in his last paragraph, I strongly believe that every person has value and worth, and the LGBTQIA plus community, like all others, should be welcomed in all aspects of the game of hockey. For me as a Catholic, like if I were in the same situation, I just don't know how I could have worded it better because that whole conversation you and I had about like look, this whole thing specific to the game of hockey, I have no problem with, right? But to, and then to your point, which you shared afterwards, it's just like, but if I show my support for, you know, gay rights and in and, and the, and the whole community, like, um, then what is the message that I'm sending? I just feel like he very properly in, like captured the, the whole stance as best as he could in one statement, essentially. And it was just tough for me to kind of be like, as, as someone who, I guess, is kind of in those shoes as well, you know, minus the fact that I'm not an, a famous NHL player. But other than that, like, basically in the same basically shoes. Basically the same so. person. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just like, I don't know how else you could have, like, worded that any better or to, to just capture everything. So it's, it was just a little sad for me as well, just to kind of see the reaction. But, uh, you know, on the flip side, a little bit hopeful to know that, like, at the at least people paused a little bit to be like you know they thought about it a bit yeah i mean i think if it's good it'll be attacked uh, you know mm-hmm. i think there, there's a piece here That's where true. it's uh, you know there there there's lots of goodness in what he said and and if we look at it objectively we realize that you know he hasn't said anything like like i said previously he hasn't said anything that's particularly damaging to anyone um and then as uh, as catholics you know we, we sometimes we just take pause and just go like you know what like um and that that's it's a little sad that you're so violently upset by this um and then i wish that didn't happen for you but you know um for ourselves to realize that like when that happens when 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 i haven't said anything that's particularly offensive and 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 you know if we can be honest with ourselves too like sometimes we don't think we said anything wrong but like we know like you know that was a little mean um, but in 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 Reimer's case here, um, truly, he just said like, "Hey, look, like you guys all are welcome. I just can't support you in this way." Why would that be angering to anyone? Um, there's no concrete reason for it, right? And to realize like when big reactions happen from that, this is kind of a form of martyrdom, and this is a sign that like this is good that's being done. And 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 I think you know for a rhymer, um, 
I would imagine. I, I don't know him, obviously. <laughs> I was just talking. I was talking to uh, Mitch Marner last weekend. He didn't introduce me. Yet. No, uh, <laughs> but um, but you know, um, if I were in his shoes and and like this, this is. I don't think this is him writing it. I think he's the the instrument for it. I think this is the spirit working through him. And I think in those cases, like even when you get the persecution, there's still a joy, right? You look at the stories of the martyrs. You look at those those people. If we stay in that spirit, then like, you know, come at me, fine. Um, but like, I know that I came from a place of love, and I know that there's nothing that I said that was hateful for you, and and I still aim to love you. And and, and like that again just go back is, is the difference between like when you go into a conversation trying to convert someone versus trying to love them if you're trying to love them even if they get upset like you still will want to love them because what matters isn't whether or not your statements worked right um versus if you go in saying like all right here is the truth let me show you how true it is and then they don't get convinced and they get mad at you then like then you'll get mad you're like oh my goodness mm-hmm. like uh, these are uh, i go back to the back to the drawing for it and listen to more matt fried like you know it's <laughs> it's just not not great so yeah, anyways, I, I'm going off on a tangent again, but I know you're trying to tie it off. Um, yeah. I, I think there's 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 just kind of that world where let's just love these people. And and that's okay. And yeah, and that, that's that's basically what it is here, where um, hopefully this episode and us trying to lay things out um, kind of separates, like, you know, why does the church believe what it does? How do we have that conversation where um because yeah on the other side of things people just look at that statement and they're just like why can't you just include us why can't you just love us we've tried to address those things like it's not about being inclusive it's not about like you know like you said like there's all different kinds of love we do love you just not in the way that you understand it or um you know let us explain to you how we are loving you kind of thing Mm -hmm. which is what we tried to go into here um so yeah uh, hopefully anyone who um is troubled by you know, this topic in general, or specifically the whole NHL pride issue, though I doubt our listeners have even picked up on that. Um, You know, like, hopefully this helps lay things out a little bit more clearly. And again, just want to reiterate, like, this isn't an effort to convert you. This is an effort to, like, hopefully you can hear us out. Mm -hmm. And let's just leave it at that. And if you want to talk about it more, just shoot me or Andrew a message, right? Or shoot someone in your life who you know and trust that you feel like you can have this conversation with um, that also, you know, um, hopefully understands the church's position kind of thing, right? Just to be like, you know, it's troubling me. Can we talk about it more? And, you know, maybe you'll never reach that point where um, where you do understand the church's position. And that's okay. I mean, that's okay. But at the very least, like, at least it wasn't a hateful conversation mm-hmm. and at least you gave it a chance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, a lot, a lot in this episode, I think, um, probably worthy after not having been on, on the air here for two months, but, um, you know, Andrew and I hope that it's something that you can kind of take home and, you know, find peace with at the very least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. With, with that, we'll, uh, we'll sign off here and, um, hopefully you'll hear from us sooner than two months. <laughs> um, so take care everyone. God bless everyone.